Hi, and welcome back to the Emmy Awards. Um, my name's Emmy. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know who I am, um, this is my podcast where I talk about really anything I want once a week. Um, yeah. Um, my name is Emmy. I'm 22 years old. I graduated from Kenyon College with an English major. If you want more background on me, I have 10 episodes worth of that. Um, so this episode's going to be a lot more like the last few have been kind of me talking about pop culture, me talking about like my opinions on things. This one's going to be more like story based about my life, um, specifically about my mental health journey. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, please keep watching. Um, if you're more interested in pop culture stuff, I have a few episodes on Gilmore Girls. Um, I have one episode on Gilmore Girls. I talked about Percy Jackson in my last one. Um, I've touched on The Bachelor. I talk about a lot of that kind of stuff too, but um, I kind of wanted to finally do an episode specifically talking about my mental illness in more detail. I'm going to try to not be graphic or like anything like that, um, but I will be touching on mental illness and mental health and, and depression and suicidal ideation. So if any of those things are triggering at all, um, please feel free to skip this episode. Again, I won't be graphic. I will just be like, at this point in my life, I struggled with suicidal ideation, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been like putting off making this episode for a while because I feel like I'm better at writing about my mental illness and my mental health journey, um, and not as good talking about it. And I didn't prepare any notes because I took a sporadic trip to Philadelphia yesterday and um, everything got kind of messed up. And it's like 12.30 on Wednesday morning. Um, it, yeah, so it's like it's late and I just, my brain's been all over the place. So I'm just kind of, kind of, going to talk about things chronologically and if I forgot to talk about something I'll mention it in another podcast episode um so I the reason I finally decided to do this episode now is because I've started breaking out like my skin has and don't worry like it's relevant okay just sorry tangent but um and I was talking to my mother about Accutane. And my mother was like, they would never put you on Accutane now because of your like <laughs> history with mental illness. But I hadn't been diagnosed with anything when they put me on Accutane. And like, I don't think that Accutane caused my depression, but I also don't think it helped. Like, I, I don't really remember my childhood. It was kind of chaotic. I moved a lot. Um... There was a lack of stability that I don't think was super healthy and not in a way that my parents like meant it to be. Um, and there are a lot of really positives about moving around a lot. Like I got to experience a lot of really cool things. I lived in Brazil when I was like 12. Like it makes for a fun life story, but I think it caused a lot of issues with 
it's just like my sense of stability and my ability to form relationships with people because I was moving all the time. So it kind of felt like pointless to make friends sometimes. Um, so yeah, I kind of struggled when I was younger to like make friends. Like I remember elementary school was like fine for me for the most part. Um, I always had my sister um, cause I'm a twin. So like elementary school wasn't bad for me. Like it was, it was manageable and it, it was just kind of chaotic. And I got to a point where I think it was when my parents told me I was moving to Brazil where I was like, will I ever just stay in one place? Um, and I think that's really, I mean, I always say, I think Brazil was like the beginning of like a downward trajectory, but like I, I moved a lot and I mentioned in, in another podcast episode that I remember this girl coming up to me in like third grade and she was like, my mom said I need to be friends with you because you're new. I do also remember, this just came to me, but I remember this girl, I was I was friends with her in when I went to Catholic school. I think it was my Catholic school or maybe it was at my other elementary school. I don't know. I was friends with this girl. Like, I thought we were friends. And then, like, months went by, and she was like, I never really liked you. I just felt sorry for you. Or stuff like that. Like, I didn't have, like, the, the most solid friendships. Um, and the, the ones that I did have that were solid, like, didn't end up lasting too long because I moved away. And you can only keep in touch with people so well when you're, like, seven Um, or at least I found it hard. I used to have like my best friend for my Catholic schools, like phone number memorized. And eventually I just forgot it when I moved to Brazil or something. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it'd be easier now with social media, but like we didn't, like I didn't have like an Instagram or a Facebook. I got a Facebook when I moved to Brazil. Um, and I had to lie about my age to get it because I was like 10. So... Yeah, I I didn't have the most stable, like, relationships when I was a kid because I was moving around a lot. And I think it really caused, like, this, like, idea in my brain that things aren't really, like, permanent. Um, Like, relationships with people aren't and, like, where you live isn't. Like, I I just, I I kind of always expected things to end. Um, And I just, I don't know if that's, like, the best mindset for a child because I feel like or at least for me it became this thing where I was like why am I getting attached to things like it wasn't a thing of like let me enjoy the moments I have I was literally like what is the point if I'm gonna move in two years like it became that kind of mentality and then I would still like make friends and like get like attached to things but it would take me a moment to like open up and like adapt. And then like by the time I adapted, I only had a little bit of time to like enjoy the situation because I had to like adapt to a new circumstance. So like it was just, it was hard for me because I didn't have a ton of stability and I didn't have a ton of like friendships. Like I always remember watching movies or TV shows where like a character grew up in the same house their whole life. And I thought that was like the dream. Um, and I know other people might think it's so cool that I lived in different places and I got to live in Brazil and it is cool, but it was just also very hard for me. Like, I think both of those ideas can exist at once. So like, that's kind of like a cliff notes of like my background. Okay. And, um, 
then when I moved to Brazil, things started going downhill for me because, um, and I hadn't even, like, I don't think I was depressed yet. Um, but it started is like, like I had had issues with like relationships, but I don't really feel like it started affecting my psyche um, and like my self-perception and my self-esteem until I got to Brazil. Um, and I just started thinking that I was like the worst person on the entire planet. Um, and so even though I hadn't been diagnosed with anything yet um, or gone to any kind of therapy or anything, like I think in retrospect, like it was really the beginning of like the low self-esteem that I developed developed that like fed so negative like negatively into my depression um because like one of the like core truths of my depression in my brain even though I know it's like not true like one of the misconceptions the lies that my depression tells me is just that I'm is that I am worthless like I feel like people have different kinds of depression sometimes um and my biggest thing is like I am worthless and that is like it comes from like people maybe I shouldn't talk about like whatever I'm going to who cares (laughs) so um being bullied and like all of that that happened to me in Brazil was the beginning of me like of my negative self-talk and my negative self-perception um and it just kept getting worse from there. Like when I moved back to the United States and like, okay, I, I feel like I eventually like made friends in Brazil because like, you know, I was in theater and I had some sense of community, but I never really felt like truly safe with like the friends I had. It was like, they liked me and I had to be, I had one really good friend, but besides that, it was like the people I was friends with, like I was friends with them, but it wasn't again, a permanent thing. It wasn't like, and it it never felt like I could be like my entire self. It was always like, this is like temporary. This is like on the edge. Like it felt very unstable, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So like even though I, I had friends, it was not, like, the kind of friendship I have today where it's, like, I know if I mess up or I'm not my best self one day, like, that doesn't automatically mean the person's not going to like me. And maybe that's just something to be said about, like, the kind of relationships you have when you're, like, 10 and 11. But I think when you haven't had any stable friendships for, like, the first decade of your life, um, experiencing that while also being bullied, like, it's very, it's very hard because you just kind of feel like any love you receive or any, like, validation or any friendship is, like, conditional on you being, like, perfect, um, I guess. So, it, like, it just, it was, it wasn't, like, the kind of friendship that I know today of like people just loving you and caring about you. So, um, and again, we were like 10 and 11, but like, whatever. So then I moved back to, um, the United States and people in middle school keep bullying me, further adding to my 
negative self-talk, my negative self-esteem. Um, and other people in my family have been going to therapy. So, like, I'm not, like, I don't want to talk about their journeys. But my point is, like, my mother was like, Emmy, if you need to go to therapy, let me know. Like, it was, I have to say, I'm grateful in that it was never this thing of, like, I got to a point where I was, like, so upset and I felt like I didn't have anybody. It was, like, my mother was like, Emmy, if you're struggling, like, let me know and we'll, we'll take you to therapy for a long time before I finally agreed to it. Um, and, like, middle school was rough and then freshman year of high school was rough because... In middle school, I, like, kind of, like, developed these, like, coping mechanisms of, like, one of them was, well, I'm smart. Like, no matter what else, I was, like, I'm smart. Like, that was a thing I had that was, like, a, like a positive of my self-perception and identity, so that even when the other stuff felt overwhelming of like, I'm annoying, I um, am ugly, I am horrible to be around, like any of those other negative ideas, at least I had one thing going for me and that was that I was smart. Um, and then I got to high school and I went to a very competitive high school and I suddenly wasn't like the smartest person there. Not that I was the smartest person in my middle school, but I was certainly one of the people who cared the most. Um, cause it's middle school, like not that many people cared. And I did because I genuinely always liked learning. And so it was really hard to get to high school and feel stupid and feel like, well, what the hell do I have going for me? Like, truly nothing. I'm not even smart anymore. And um, that was really hard for me. And at the same time that that was happening, um, another defense mechanism. And, like, I always told myself that the people who didn't like me and the people who were so mean to me just genuinely didn't know me. Like, it wasn't, I was like, they don't know me. Like, they never have taken the time to actually talk to me. Like, this idea they have of me in their head that they don't like is not who I am as a person because they don't know me and I don't really even know that. Like, that was, a, um, a mech like, a, a thing I told myself. Because I was like, it, it's not like these people's opinions matter. Like, they don't know you, Emmy. But then, freshman year of high school, um... I kind of lost all of my friends from middle school. And it was the first time that I, like, transferred over to a school with, like, a group of friends. And I really felt, like, good about the group of friends I had. And it was just really hard. And it was, like, a very frustrating falling out because I felt like I was trying so hard to be, like, if I'm doing something that doesn't make like, I felt like for a while I was trying to be like, please tell me what I'm doing wrong because I don't want to be, like, hurting you or annoying you or, like, being a negative whatever. So, like, it, it was it was just really hard. And I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before. Sorry if I have. But I remember going into 10th grade and I literally said to myself, like, I am not here to make friends. <laughs> like, um... And I wasn't even into The Bachelor, okay? It wasn't a joke in my brain at this point. 
I, I genuinely was just like, I'm not going to make friends. Like I need to get through high school and I need to get to college where I can find a community of people. But like this school is not going to be the place where I find a community. And I don't want to get to know people because then they're going to hate me. Like anybody I get to know will eventually realize how horrible I am and will leave me. And, and I, I didn't want to go through that because I was like, I don't have the mental energy to do that and also do well in school. I'm like, I need to do well in school so I can get out of here. Like that was my priority. And I did end up making friends um, with like upperclassmen within the journalism, um, within my journalism class and the newspaper and everything. And then eventually I did make friends my junior year and I had a really solid friend group like junior year to senior year of high school and like it all worked out and those kinds of friendships are like more of what I consider true like consistent friendship now um but it was just really hard because I got to high school and I was like even the things that I've told myself that are like core truths about my identity like the positive ones aren't even true Like, I'm not smart, and, like, even people who know me don't like me. It was was really hard for me, and that's when I started going to therapy. And the first therapist I saw, love her to death, it was just, like, talk therapy, very basic talk therapy. And I have mixed feelings about talk therapy now as somebody who's 22 and pretty in tune with her emotions but when I went to I remember something that talk therapy really helped me with when I first started was I used to just get sad randomly and I wouldn't know why um it was unbelievably difficult for me to be like like I would just cry out of nowhere and I'd be like why am I crying like this doesn't make any sense um I was like, it doesn't make any, why am I, now I'm crying. (laughs) But I would just get sad or like, and now I understand that it was like triggers or whatever. But when I was like a freshman in high school, it was like the end of my freshman year that I started going to therapy. But um, I just, I, I just didn't understand like why I was randomly getting sad and why I was like, like, I, I genuinely, I couldn't pinpoint why things upset me. And even when I, I, like, had an idea of why it was upsetting me, I couldn't validate that that made sense. Um, and stuff like that. So it was, like, talk therapy was really good for me because I, I, I was able to, like, understand my emotions. And I feel like for the most part... I'm really good at understanding why something upsets me. Maybe not in the moment, but if I feel sad about something, I'm really good at being like, why did I feel sad? How does this remind me of other things and maybe it triggering something from my past? Like I'm I'm pretty good at understanding my feelings and talking about my feelings. And a lot of that started in talk therapy. And my first therapist actually recommended Kenyon to me. So it was like which is very ironic and funny to me now, but um, that was very useful. And eventually I started doing CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And I loved my CBT therapist. And that was really helpful for me once I felt like 
talk therapy wasn't doing enough because I felt like I could pinpoint why I was feeling certain ways, but I wasn't able to like stop those patterns or anything. Um, and, and honestly, for the most part, like my mental health in high school, like it wasn't good. It really wasn't because my high school was not a great environment. Um, and I feel like I wasn't able to, I was trying so hard to get through like everything that was happening in high school and like the toxic environment that my high school was in my opinion, or at least for me and my personality. Um, like I was trying to just get through high school and survive high school that like I, I didn't totally dive into like my childhood and the ways that that impacted me. Um, and I also just like a, a big part of my negative self-talk is constant like invalidation. So I, I could just never admit to myself like that certain things had been traumatizing because I was like, what do you mean that was traumatizing? Like you're an idiot for feeling that way, which is so stupid to me now as an adult, because I'm like, trauma is just like something that, that is totally fine for one child is not for another. And, um, yeah. Um, so like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I wasn't able to like acknowledge that I had like experienced trauma as a child until I was an adult and I experienced trauma. And I was like, oh, like, Okay, um, if that makes sense. I don't know what my point was. I lost my train of thought. But, um, like, I, yeah, I, I guess there were a lot of things I hadn't worked through um, because I was just trying to survive high school. And, um, and high school was a constant shit show every year. I think the most depressed I was in high school after I started therapy was my junior year of high school. I think that was really when I started like struggling with suicidal ideation. And in retrospect, it just had a lot to do with like everything like at my school was like piling on. And I was like taking on like leadership positions while also taking like a bigger course load and everybody was talking about college like it was just junior year was a very like stressful year um and senior year was less so because I got into college early decision so even though my classes were like pretty much just as challenging as junior year I felt like I had a path um like during senior year junior year I was just like I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, like where I'm going to go to college, like all of that felt up in the air. Um, especially because my, my parents didn't know, my dad didn't know if he was going to be transferred, um, my junior year. Um, that was like up in the air of like, I remember talking in therapy about like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go to Kenyan because like my parents might not afford it if my dad just for to Brazil and all this complicated stuff. So like junior year was just very overwhelming and then senior year things felt more like 
settled and like in place and my friend group was a lot stronger and it was like generally better but like junior year I really remember like feeling like I I couldn't do it anymore like it was all too much and I got through it because I I was in consistent therapy and I had things motivating me like even though things felt kind of like confusing at least like I I saw a future and I had like responsibility on the newspaper um that made me feel like confident about myself like like there were a lot of positive aspects of junior year that kind of like overwhelmed and made the hard parts manageable I do remember I don't know if this was like when I was a sophomore in high school or a junior but at some point I remember I think it was when I was a sophomore because I think I was still seeing my first therapist but I started like I I went for an intake to do a group therapy like thing that group therapy honestly ended up being low-key horrible because it was just me and this one other girl and she never talked so it was literally just me talking and she would just like pipe in sometimes and then she would just color the whole time and I just like and I swear to god I don't know if it's because I talked more than her but I felt like the therapist liked her better like I'd say something and then like I guess maybe in retrospect, she just was trying to get her to participate too. But I kind I felt like I would say something and she wouldn't even acknowledge it. She'd just be like, Susie, I don't know what her name was, but like she'd be like, say the other girl's name was Susie. She'd be like, Susie, how do you feel? And I was like, um, Emmy just talked for like five minutes. No thoughts on Emmy's contribute contributions. Like at least I'm talking. So... Yeah, like, it's not like I was trying to hog the, the like, the airtime. I would just talk, and there'd be, like, like, she would ask a question, and then I would answer it, and then the other girl wouldn't even say anything. Anyways, which is, like, fine. Maybe she, like, I, like, I just think it was weird because it wasn't, like, an actual group. It was me and another, like, person. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm in a group therapy now, and it's, like, a good amount of people because just, like, one other person is, like, awkward. Like, I don't know why they... Anyways. It, like, it really wasn't helpful because I wasn't, like... The group therapy I'm in now is really helpful because, like, other people will share, like, things that happen to them. And it's really validating to be, like, oh, my God, I felt this way before. Um, And then also, like, hear how people are, like, learning to deal with things effectively and there's like conflict and people are like this is how I dealt with it this time which I wouldn't have been able to do a month ago without these skills like it's really in like you just you get input from a variety of different people who have lived completely different experiences of like how they handle distress and stuff like that and it's really great like this was just not that but anyways when I was doing the intake for this group therapy um, and it also, it wasn't like DBT or CBT. Like, I don't even remember. It was just like group therapy. Um, I remember it was an intake. So I like shared like my childhood and everything. And I just remembered there was like a pause. And she goes, that's an awful lot for somebody your age to have experienced. And I started crying because nobody had ever said that to me before. And I had felt like for so long, like everything that I felt like was so hard to experience and everything that had like 
been so overwhelming for me was like not that big a deal and I needed to like get over it and I was being dramatic and it was really nice for somebody to be like that that that's a lot to handle and like and I still think about that because it was really meaningful for me um the woman who did my intake didn't end up being the group leader because she went on maternity leave and I was so sad um I think that was part of the reason I never really liked that group therapy because I was just thinking about that other woman who validated me. Oh, miss her. Don't even know her name. <laughs> but um, it meant a lot to me because I, I, I hadn't experienced that. But anyways, by the time I graduated high school, also I'm not going to talk about medication stuff just because I don't want to. I also didn't like my psychiatrist in high school. So... Um, yeah. Um, also, like, I, I'm on SSRIs. Like, yeah. Um, I take Zoloft. I'll just say that. I didn't always take Zoloft. I took Prozac. Anyways. And then I took Zoloft. And I've taken Zoloft ever since. And I love her way more than I ever liked Prozac. Fuck you, Prozac. Um, I'm sure it helps some people. Okay, I just don't like Prozac. It wasn't good for me. But anyways, what was my point? Oh, by the time I graduated high school, and I feel like I've touched on this, I had such high hopes for Kenyon. Like, I think my hopes were a little too high in the sense that I didn't go into it realistically being like, if it's hard at first, that's okay. Like, it was hard, and I was like, this is the end of the world. And I know now that that's an unbelievably unhealthy way to approach something is like this all or nothing. Like, if it's not perfect, then like, it's a catastrophe, but it's just, it felt like it was a thing that kept me going for so long of like this, like thing, this freedom, this new community I would finally belong to. Um, because a big like problem I had and something that was really caused by like the moving around a lot was I never really felt like I fit in anywhere. And not in the, like, I'm a weird, I'm a weirdo, um, Jughead Jones monologue type way, just in the type of way that I never really felt like I had the chance or opportunity to, like, be part of a community for, like, more than two years. Like, I'd go to a school for two years, and then I'd move, and these kids who, like, got to know each other for years and years, like, I never had that, um... And it was hard because it felt like every school I went to, the people had that. And then when I finally did have that, my friends ditched me. So it was it was just really hard. It was really, really hard. And um, I got to Kenyon. Well, okay, no. When I graduated high school, this is important to say. I, um, and this is why I always give the advice to people who are Specifically Kenyon, because I can't talk about men like the mental health resources of any other college. I can only talk about what I've experienced. Um, but like I'm sure I, I like I could talk about like statistics and like ratios and stuff like that. But I feel like a counseling center on paper isn't as important as like the lived experiences of the people who've gone to the college. Um, so I really only feel comfortable speaking on like my experience at Kenyon. But when I graduated high school, 
Wait, I was saying something before. Oh, this is why I always tell people that it's so important, specifically people who are interested in going to Kenya. If you struggle with some kind of mental health issue, go into your like college experience with some kind of treatment plan because I I had like a treatment plan in my head, but I didn't know like the policies at Kenyan. So when I went into Kenyan being like, okay, I'm going to set up a weekly appointment, that wasn't possible for me. And at that point, I was just trying to adjust to college. That I didn't have time to like try to seek outside care. And I think if I had done what I did going into my sophomore year, which is I researched therapists in Columbus, I had an intake scheduled with the therapist like the first week of sophomore year. And then I saw her all the way until like for like the end of the first semester of junior year when she transferred, like she left her practice. But um, I wish I had done that going into my freshman year of Kenyan because then I would have had a backup if like the counseling center didn't work for me, which it didn't, but I didn't have any other options. And um, it was really hard for me. So I, I, I think... And it goes to like any kind of like disability or chronic illness, like have a plan and know what kind of accommodations you'll need um, and don't be afraid to ask for them and stuff like that. Just have a plan and like be like, what will make college the most accessible for me? Um, But I feel like I, I I just, a lot of it is stuff like that I wouldn't have known, but I wish I had done more research and I wish I had had a therapist going into Kenyan um because like the counseling center just wasn't working for me I I'd been going to therapy for like a while and the like options felt more like counselors like the kind of counselor I would talk to like if I went to like my high school counselor and that was just not the kind of treatment I needed because I needed to like come in with a problem and then like break down why I was feeling that way and then like come up with the solution and like a skill to stop like that pattern of behavior or like to improve my like I needed like concrete things and I I didn't feel like I was getting that um it was just kind of like I would say how I was feeling and honestly it wasn't even like they were that validating it was just like hmm like, I, like I, I, I didn't even feel like I was going and my problems were being validated. Like, I felt like I was going and I was trying to be like, I am depressed. And they were like, giving me like, like, I don't know. I had a ther- like a counselor at Kenya tell me that if your body, like if you smile more, like you make it a, 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 per- a per- if you make a purposeful effort to smile like once a day your body will start to feel happier and it's like I took psychology I took AP psych okay I know that that doesn't like (laughs) concretely help me like make progress into feeling part of the community and I honestly feel like I personally well maybe it's because whatever but I I feel like I have better advice for people who are trying to feel part of the community than I got a Kenyan my first semester. Like I, I didn't feel like any of it was helpful to me. So it was, it was just hard. I, um, and then it just kept getting worse. 
it's just it just kept getting worse and um yeah I've I've talked about it a lot I've written about it but um I don't know whenever I get to this part of my story or (laughs) the story I don't like I'm like I don't know how much do I want to say but anyways I just I'll link my op-ed my article all of that below if you don't know who I am and you're like what is she talking about But anyways, I had a mental health crisis. I was hospitalized. Kenyon didn't want me to come back. I was like, leaving isn't going to help me. They let me come back. I had a, I left a party crying. And um, I got campus safety called on me because that was what my friends had been told by the college to do if they were ever worried about me. Um, And this was, like, the first time I cried after, like, my mental health crisis. So, obviously, they were like, okay, we'll call. It was also a Friday. So, like, anyways. um, So, like, they called campus safety. And then the next day, Kenyon basically tried to kick me out. Okay? Like, they tried to kick me out. They called my mother to have her move me out. And I just, I walked in basically just like ambushed by like a group of people and my mother, like an intervention being like, you cannot go to Kenyon College anymore. Um, and it was just totally the wrong reaction. Um, I, it was just totally the wrong reaction to me already struggling because I felt like I wasn't part of the community. And then Kenyon was basically like, yeah, you're too depressed to be part of this community. Um, And by Kenyon, I mean like the institution and the administrators who were enforcing a policy that I believed is discriminatory. Um, I'm not talking about every single Kenyon student or every single Kenyon professor when I say Kenyon. Um, It's just because I don't think it's effective for me to be like this administrator but it it was just like because regardless of who was the person delivering the message it was like a policy that Kenyon was trying to enforce so they wouldn't be liable if I died on their campus um and it it just it didn't it didn't make me feel good it made me feel like I wasn't a person to them and um All I wanted, all I wanted was help adjusting to things and proper treatment for an illness that I was dealing with. And I I knew for myself that leaving Kenyon wasn't going to help me because I was having trouble adjusting. And the fact that I was mentally ill or am mentally ill made it harder for me to adjust and made the painful parts of struggling to adjust 10 times worse because it wasn't just I'm having a hard time finding a community. It was, oh my God, this validates this deep-rooted insecurity I have that I'll never be able to belong anywhere, Um, not even to this place that I've been wanting to go to, like, to school at for, like, years. Um, So obviously, like, it was amplified by the fact that I was dealing, like, that I by like my mental illness but like at the end of the day leaving was not going to help me adjust because leaving wasn't going to cure my illness 
if I took a semester off, I wouldn't come back and magically be less depressed. Like, I needed treatment, but I needed treatment while also adjusting to the college. Removing a student from a situation they're having trouble adjusting to isn't really going to help because when they come back, they're going to have to adjust anyway. Like, a college to try to make the institution more accessible for the student, not make the student leave and be like, fix your problems and be... Because what it says at the end of the day to the person is that you have to be not mentally ill or not visibly mentally ill or outwardly mentally ill to be a part of this college and function properly within this community. And that is so damaging to tell somebody, even if it's indirectly, because that's just not true. And frankly, it's ableist. You need, you might need a little bit more time. You might need accommodations. You might need help because you're struggling with this thing, but you struggling doesn't mean that you can't go to college. Um, my depression made college harder for me, but what made Kenyan an especially hard place to be was that I felt like I didn't deserve to be part of the community because I was depressed. And when you're already struggling with like suicidal ideation and depression, feeling like that makes you a burden or that makes you less deserving of a resource or a place in the community is just unbelievably damaging to your like psyche and your mental like it's just it's fucked up and um and I'm not saying this is like unique to Kenyan I think mandated leave policies and the way that colleges often treat like mental health crises are are in this capacity um and I just think genuinely that needs to change because it's not helpful it's not helpful. Um, it's not. Mandating a student leave because they're in crisis doesn't, doesn't help. Like, it, 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 it doesn't help. And it, it just, it can cause more harm. But anyways, I lost my train of thought again. But, um, yeah. That really fucked me up and um, made the way I view my mental illness and being depressed and my depression 10 times worse, 10 times worse. Um, I, I feel like 10 times doesn't even begin to describe like how much it fucked with me. Um, because I also, I felt like I couldn't talk about it. I felt like I couldn't say, like, I just, I, I feel like I can't fully explain how much that impacted me. Because even though it's like four plus years in the past now, and I've written about it, and I've processed a lot of it, and I've healed from a lot of it, I think there are some parts that I'm I'm not, I haven't fully, whatever. 
Um, it's just hard. It's really, really hard. And I feel like somewhat past it now because I graduated and I did like feel part of the community by the time I left and I felt very loved by Kenyon and all of the things that I felt were validated um, by the way the college treated me have been completely like overshadowed by the amount of love I felt and I've also in writing about my first year and in writing about the the lack of mental health resources on campus and the fact that this has been an issue for long before I got to campus um it it's been really nice to hopefully use my pain um and use this horrible thing I went through to push for change. I don't know if it will ever, like if it's going to change, but I hope that it, like it does. And I genuinely hope that administrators at Kenyon read the stuff I've written and um, try better and, and do better because it's not, it's not okay. It's not okay. And I know it's not, specific to Kenyon, but I can only talk about what I've experienced and I didn't I didn't expect to cry in this episode but and um I had a shitty experience with the therapist um in 2020 that I'm not really super like in the mood to talk to or talk about, but um, the ironic part is that she used to work at Kenyon, and then she left Kenyon, my shitty therapist, and then she was like, she has a practice in Mount Vernon or whatever, and she took my, she took my insurance, and she was familiar with Kenyon, and it wasn't all the way in Columbus, so I was like, this seems like a good um, therapist and it was just not good. Like I met with her for three months and it ended horribly because she made me feel horrible about myself. Um, yeah. One of the things that was particularly like horrible about the way it ended with her is that she told me, um, because I had attempted suicide before that I was probably going to do it again and so I was a safety risk and she didn't feel comfortable treating me and that was just really hurtful because I hadn't expressed like suicidal ideation or even thoughts of self-harm in the time that I had been seeing her and it was simply based off of like the most traumatic thing I'd ever experienced like it I just I I spent so long trying to not let like that worst moment of my life, like define me. And it literally impacted my entire Kenyan career um, to just have somebody kind of, I don't know. It felt like she was like using it to define me. Um, and it's just hard to like, feel like you can never move, move past like, Something like that. And then after that, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't have a shitty therapist. I had a really good therapist that I mentioned from like sophomore year to the 
middle of junior year. And then with COVID, I, I didn't really, I tried Talkspace or whatever Kenyan offered us for free during the beginning of the pandemic. I tried that and it was like not super helpful. And then I saw a therapist temporarily over the summer when I lived in Evanston virtually. And then in the fall of 2020 is when I saw this therapist. And then um, I think the last appointment I had with her when it ended really horribly was like January of 2021. And after that, I was like, I, I need I need something else. And I found a DBT specialist in Columbus who was doing virtual sessions. I did an intake with her. It went amazing. And I've been in DBT group ever since. And it, it's, it's done me a world of good. I am over a year clean with um, in, in terms of self-harm. So that is really nice. Um, so yeah, I've like, it, it's, it's been really, really wonderful for me. And I love my DBT group um, that I'm in. And even like really hard parts of last semester and everything that's happening now that's been really hard. It, it's nice having that consistent source of like talking about things and processing things, but also learning things and learning how to better cope ahead. It's been wonderful. I, I cannot speak any high, higher of DBT therapy, specifically group therapy. It's been great. I love my group therapy. Um, and that's kind of where I am now in my mental health journey. Um, yeah, I, I ranted a little about Kenyan. Didn't think I was going to, but hey, it's, it's part of my story and it's, yeah, I didn't think I was going to cry. I really didn't. I don't know, but I'm not sorry about it. I don't really mind crying. Anyways, I guess the reason I wanted to film this is not to like dump like whatever like not to do like a therapy intake or like talk about all my problems but just because one of my biggest passions and hopes in life is to be able to contribute to the destigmatization of talking about mental health and specifically about talking about mental illness because I think there's a lot of like a lot of people focus on mental health and it's like self-care and like getting proper sleep and like being mentally healthy along with like physical health and I think that's really important as well because I think people um haven't always given mental health the same weight as physical health and I, I think it's really like wonderful that people are starting to do that now but I also think that sometimes when people talk about mental health um and like destigmatizing that I feel like they're not necessarily talking about destigmatizing mental illness and it's really hard it's really hard to um live in society and like feel crazy and um and feel like other people think you're crazy and to just struggle with these really like hard things and then feel 
like other people treat you like a burden, like a liability, instead of just like a person who's suffering. Um, or not necessarily suffering, but just doing their best um, and managing sometimes, sometimes not as well. But yeah, it's just, I think people need to be more aware. And I even need to sometimes as well, be more aware of how you talk about people with certain disorders or certain behaviors or whatever. I, I, I just think people need to be cautious, be um, aware, be compassionate. And if me talking about things I've experienced in any capacity can help somebody feel less alone or help somebody change their perspective on um, mental illness, psychiatric care, any of those kind of things, that, that, that's important to me. It really is because I know what it feels like to be othered because you are mentally ill and to be shunned or like to made to be ashamed for what you're going through and to be silenced and I I I understand all of those feelings and it's it it messes you up it messes you up and I just want to validate other people who are going through similar things or entirely different things um because it's hard and feeling guilty for feeling sad is never good and it's never productive and it's never helpful. You have the right to feel sad even if you think it's about something stupid. You have the right... Your feelings are valid. Maybe they're like... Maybe they're not coming from the most logical place and and it's important to check the facts and like make sure you're not feeding in to like lies about yourself, but you're not crazy for feeling a certain way. You're not, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to be a therapist. No, I feel like I'm going to say something and it's not going to be right. But I just, if there's any, like in any capacity, I can make somebody feel more alone or hopefully in the grander scheme of things or whatever, um, grand scheme of things like change mental health policy not like individually me but like inspire <laughs> like changes in mental health um the way people talk about mental illness and the way people approach students who are struggling with mental illness and any of that that would be great because all I want is for People do not have to experience the same things I did. I never want somebody to feel the way that I felt my first year at Kenyon. I don't. Like, I don't want somebody to feel like their illness makes them less deserving to be at their college. Because it doesn't. It doesn't make you less deserving. And um, it wasn't right that I felt that way. 
Um, and it wasn't right how I was treated, but, um, hopefully talking about it can prevent it from happening to somebody else. Well, um, I'm sorry that this episode was so emotional. Um, but thanks for watching. Um, please make sure to like, subscribe, share this with anybody you would think would be interested. Um, I don't have an Emmy award to give out today because I'm like, emotionally drained from talking about that um thanks if you like kept watching the whole thing um do you want to share your story or reach out to me privately and talk about anything I'm I'm my ears are open I might take a little bit of time to reply to things because sometimes with things very serious or heavy I don't want to make things worse and I need to like make sure I am coming with the most calm, um, compassionate perspective because sometimes things just make me sad and I can't think logically and be of any help. But um, anyways, thank you so much for watching this. Please make sure to like and subscribe, share, turn on your notifications, follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, follow my social media, follow me on TikTok, any of those things. Um, please and thank you. Next episode, no idea what it will be about, but it'll be something not as depressing. Maybe it'll be um, some pop culture thing again. I don't really know. I don't really know. I kind of just talk about things that pop into my head. Um, and this has been something I've been wanting to talk about because I've touched on like stuff. Because when I talked about like going to Kenyan, I mean, like... My mental illness has shaped a lot of my adult life, so, like, obviously I've touched on it. But um, I just wanted to talk about it more in detail. Um, yeah, because it's, I think it's important to talk about therapy and, and destigmatize it and all of that. But anyways, anyways, I've gone on for almost an hour. Like and subscribe, all of that. Thank you so much for watching, and um, I'll see you next week.